In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, Say this when you pray, Father, may your name be held holy, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive each one who is in debt to us, and do not put us to the test. The Gospel of the Lord The Lord's Prayer in St. Luke's Gospel looks similar and also different once you begin to pray it out aloud rather than just take a quick cursory look at it. The Our Father, which we usually pray as Catholics at Mass or in our recitation of the Rosary, comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew. St. Luke's version is shorter and certainly more stark and direct in its wording. If St. Matthew has his version of this prayer at the beginning of our Lord's ministry while he was preaching at the Sermon on the Mount, St. Luke places the Lord's Prayer about halfway through his Gospel. At this point, the Lord is on his journey to Jerusalem, where he knows he will have to suffer before his mission can be accomplished. He has predicted his death twice. He has told his disciples that if they want to follow him, they will have to suffer too. At this crucial point, an, un an unidentified disciple asks our Lord to teach them how to pray. If, in the other synoptic Gospels, our Lord at this point is teaching them about the finer principles of discipleship, St. Luke uses this time to have our Lord provide a catechesis on prayer, using various parables beginning with this prayer. The request of this disciple requires some analysis. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. This request raises several questions. Why do John's and Jesus' disciples need to be taught to pray? Adult Jewish males were expected to pray morning, afternoon and evening in the direction of Jerusalem, three times a day, and before and after meals. Like the Pharisees and scribes, John's disciples fasted and prayed. The Lord's disciples, on the other hand, had been criticised because they did not seem to be so fastidious in fasting and praying. One of the functions of having distinctive prayers was to create and maintain a sense of identity and community for members of a sect. At a certain point in the Gospel, our Lord's disciples didn't have to fast and pray, because he was still among them. His presence created the centre of their community. But now, we are halfway through the story, and the Lord will not be among his people much longer. The community needs sustenance for the future, a foundation for their continued communal life, and such sustenance and foundation of their bond would be found in prayer. This communal prayer will help nurture the community spiritually and hold them together. And thus, what was needed by the early Christian community to sustain them in both times of crisis and inspire and empower them for mission, 
continues to be relevant to us today. In a world where so many groups try to build social cohesiveness through team building and other forms of group dynamics, the Christian community's need for prayer remains foundational. By definition, a Christian is a member of Christ, joined to him by faith and baptism, and having access to the Father through him. If we are only united in function and efficiency, then we cannot claim to be members of the body of Christ, the Church. But if Christ is our inspiration and model, prayer must be the ultimate foundation of our bond, as we can have His Heavenly Father as our own Father too. Hence, prayer without Christ is inconceivable. Union with Christ is likewise communion, koinonia, with other members of Christ. For this reason, Christian prayer in and through Christ is communal by its very nature. At every Mass, the priest introduces the Lord's Prayer with these words, At Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, This part of the Mass is called the Communion Rite, not just because it is part of the Mass where we receive Holy Communion, but every prayer and aspect of this part of the Rite points to the communal effect of the Eucharist and the communal dimension of our faith. And so it is with the Our Father. Although you cannot receive our Lord physically in Holy Communion, know that the bonds of communion with the Lord and His Church remain and are strengthened. Whenever you unite yourself to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, through prayer and spiritual communion. Now our Lord feeds you spiritually through prayer, until the day when He will feed you physically with His own flesh and blood in Holy Communion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.